Welcome to Boom Talk Studios. Fox trotting in a foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Live, deep in the heart of South Eugene on an okay autumn day. It's a Friday afternoon, watching a little sports center. This is season three, episode 11, number 75 overall. Getting our mean Joe Green action on today. Still curtain. Feeling it today, definitely. Big show coming up. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song and other music that we use during the show. Thank the folks at Road and Zoom for providing tools for content creation for a small fries, making it happen for us. You ever want to go on this FTINFX at gmail.com. Love to have you. Got some other things happening in the hopper. As always, where we say that, actions are better than words, Ken. All right, folks, you know where we're going. Let's get rocking with this. Stumbling out the gate already. The COVID Chronicles. A little emphasis there. Well, well, well. Add COVID. Yes, indeed. Definitely on the Peloton this week. Definitely, you know, since this is Halloween, definitely bags of the Clear and Cream and the HGH and the Diana Ball and all that other good stuff. Well, week. I guess the big, we'll start with a group of anti vaxxers. And these are a lot of folks that tend to have a right or red perspective, if you know what I mean. Storming barriers at the Barclays Center in support of Kyrie. Yes, that Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie, oh, Kyrie, oh, Curry. <laughs> that Kyrie that you've got QAnon folks and other interesting types that are against the vaccine storming barricades in support of Kyrie at the Barclays Center. What kind of world are we living in when it comes to Kyrie? Kyrie. Tongue twister there. Kyrie. Um, who fancies himself as a social justice warrior. Indeed he is. Woke as he can be, being aligned with some QNAN folks. And, wow. 2021 is so fascinating that you could have people from that perspective. And Kyrie being, yeah, I'm down with it. They're cool. We're all fighting the same thing. And it's just like, really? Aside from the fact that you're throwing away $39 million dollars I think it's kind of interesting that not only the Nets owner, but along with New York's governor, whoever, forget who she is, who took over for, um, you know, Cuomo, who just got ran because he was a little too friendly with the ladies. Anyway, they've both made pleas to Kyrie to just like say, dude, can you get over yourself and just get vaxxed so we can move beyond this? So it's a non-issue. And I think there's a point. I think they're right, you know, as far as that goes. You know, we've talked about it. I don't want to get too crazy about it, but my head explodes when I have to contemplate seeing folks rushing a barrier. Yeah, we're with Kyrie when, you know, a year ago when he was going off on some of the social justice rants, they probably called him everything but a child of God. Yeah. Um, another big story, we told you about Mr. Rolovich. You know, the fallout continues. No surprise, he's suing the university. He's got 
a fair amount of supporters, more than I thought, to be honest. Uh, we got a lot of detractors too, you know. I mean, myself, as I make no bones about it. You have a good job, a lifetime gig, especially making good money, and you and you walk away from it on principles. Yeah, yeah, that that doesn't work in my mind. And, but apparently some folks are, are down with them. And we're about to see another coach in a bigger program, mind you, with Auburn's coach, Brian Harson. He's got till December the 8th, I believe, to declare to either get vaccinated or lose his job. The state of Alabama also has a mandate as far as being vaccinated as a condition of going to work. Makes sense. So, yeah, I didn't see, as we've talked about repeatedly, I didn't see this becoming the Rubicon for a lot of folks. And it's really interesting how, you know, the the whole red and blue thing gets really blurred when it comes to, you know, people's stances on not being vaccinated and having to, you know, answer to mandates. As a, you know, when it comes to holding down your job. I don't know, crazy times. Anyway. We'll be keeping an eye on that. We'll also be keeping an eye on what goes on with Mr. Rolovich. Another interesting person that doesn't want to get a vaccine that's causing some uh, consternation with his teammates is Byron Munich. It's Josh Kimmich. He's become the latest player. and He says he doesn't want to get it. I mean, he's got his reasons. But I know that Byron being a perennial Tinder for not only UCL, but obviously Bundesliga, but just one of the best teams in, in the world. I can't imagine, just like in Kyrie's situation, but at least he, right now he's able to play. I'm not sure what the situation is. I need to look in a little bit closer, but from what I'm hearing on the street, is his teammates ain't cool. You know, they're saying the right things, but it's just like going, dude, quit being a knucklehead and get vaccinated so like I said in the previous case with Kyrie, so we can just get beyond that. Okay, so what we're hearing about the Winter Olympics is, as far as COVID is concerned, athletes will be tested every day for COVID-19. You know, right? And I think what's interesting about them being tested every day is they're also going to be in what's isolated in a closed loop. So basically, the public is going to like have no contact with them. They're going to be hermetically sealed. And from what they're saying, there's going to be some very strict uh, punishments for anybody that breaches this closed loop. And it being China, you can better believe you probably will be. I mean, they threw, um, you know, LaBella was it in jail, right? You know, for when he screwed up when he was over there. So anyway, <laughs> people better be careful. Right, because, you know, I don't think they're playing around in China and they're really going to try to contain, you know, a, a virus that it's not going anywhere. I mean, I don't want to say it's getting worse, but I'd be the first to, to, to have the disclaimer. I'm not sure what's going on globally. I only look at it from the domestic side and kind of the sports that I follow. But I have to wonder, you know, like China with the Winter Olympics, you know, the decision just, just like Japan did with the summer games, just like, no, nope, we can't have people. Seems to be right, but I don't know. It's so mind-blowing. I think about, gee, I was just in an arena, you know, with uh, 12,000 people, oh, I don't know, about 10 days ago. 
But of course, we were all vaccinated and you know had proof of a test and all that sort of thing. So, woo! So the Packers had a big hit this week. You know, we'll talk about what they did last night. But not only did they lose their three guys on their receiving core, most notably Devontae Adams, but also the defensive coordinator who's done a fantastic job with them this year, Joe Barry. And this all happened after the Washington after they played Washington at home on Sunday, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the NFL report, which I think is really interesting that, you know, you're, you've seen this significant outbreak with the Packers, but I'm not hearing anything out of Washington this week. And you know, obviously, you know, that I follow the Washington team. So I just think that's kind of, it's just, just the oddity of, you know, where these outbreaks start and how they hit people. Cause this, a lot of this stuff went down pretty quickly after the game. Like, you know, with Joe Barry, I think it was later that day and with the receivers, it was the next day. So I don't know. Also around the league, Matt Nagy tests positive for COVID-19. He'll be out for Sunday doing things virtually. Not sure the status of these folks. I mean, I think most of these folks are vaccinated. I know there was some hope that Adams would make it back, but obviously he could not get two positive results. What is it with a, is it a 24 or 48-hour window? I'm not sure. I forget that. Um, Clemson running back, Kobe Pace. He's going to miss this week's game after testing positive for COVID. The Blackhawks add Jonathan Toes and Patrick Kane to the league's COVID-19 quarantine list. And the Pins, Chris Letang, is added to that as well. And you also have the Minnesota Wilds, Matt Zuccarello and Rim Petlick. They're also in the league's quarantine health safety protocol. And the, so, you know, just keep a note about that. These are sports that are indoors. Uh, the, you know, the Clemson running back, obviously, outdoors. But I'm just like with this sort of uptick as far as cases in the NHL are concerned. Um, I don't know. This is going to be interesting like it was last year when we go into winter. whole different landscape now that we're vaccinated. But, you know, obviously you still can't you take chances and, you know, put people at risk for a multitude of reasons that we don't need to go into here. Other forms for that sort of thing. So anyway, something interesting. One more thing about hockey. I was telling you about uh, the Devils goalie, Mackenzie Blackwood being resistant. He needed more information. Well, unlike Kyrie, apparently McKenzie got the information that he needed and he has received the first dose. I'm not sure which platform he's using, but he's on his way to being fully vaccinated. And so that's a pretty good thing. Give him a nod. You know, we won't give him a full applause because come on, after all, should have done it a long time ago and had it not come to this. Okay, folks, we kind of stumbled our way through the COVID chronicles. We know it's not going away. It's a segment that takes on more interesting turns every week as with what we saw with Kyrie. So we'll be telling you what shakes with that more and more as the weeks move on. In the meanwhile, it's time to grab our fancy sunglasses and all of our cool gear. Gas up the Gulfstream 550 for the high view over campus. See you on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole.
number 75 overall. Like I said, getting that mean Joe Green. Or if we're going to be just, you know, Mr. Smart and Smooth, how we long. Wow. All kinds of stuff. My tell you, my uh, text messaging has really been blowing up in the last hour. A lot going on this Friday. Anyway, got our cool sunglasses, our tasty adult beverages, our fixed gear bike, our, our cool jeans, and all that other cool stuff that people wear. The girls have got the mom jeans on. Getting ready to head down to the Triangle. Get down, go to the the Friday night rump shaker. But before we do that, we got to board the Gulfstream 550 and get high above campus. So what's going on on campus this week? Well, we'll tell you that the bowl season lobby. What is the bowl season lobby? Well, it's all those bowls that got left behind by the freight train that was first the BCS, and now it's the college football playoff. They have come out, and they're pushing hard. I think this makes a lot of sense, too, at the end of the day, that any expanded college football playoff should be incorporated into the existing bowls and played at those sites. I mean, I would think that's what they were going to do anyways, and that, that's probably the only you know sensible way to, to do it logistically. And I think it, you know, it, it's a nice um, boon for those folks. You know, some like I said, these bowl games that aren't you know in the in the top echelon as far as you know where these college football playoff sites would be. Hold on. Okay. I mean, right. We know that the college football playoff is going to expand. In fact, I guess there's going to be another proposal that's going to be uh, bandied about here any minute now. Um, that's going to happen. And it only makes sense to take the existing bowl structure and just append that to what's, go what's going to happen. Everybody wins in this situation, right? And then you probably have, since, since this thing is going to be expanded, that we have more games that have significance. Like I said, win-win. Another interesting thing that I saw yesterday, and I'm sure a lot of you saw as well and have varying opinions on, what do you think about the NCAAP? Yes, that NCAAP. Telling prospective black athletes to not sign with Texas teams based on recent legislation. This could be anything from the voting rights to the transgender to many other things, reproductive rights, you can pick up a smorgasbord of things when it comes to the state of Texas. Let me tell you, we know. Not that that's a shot at Texas, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Anyhow, I got a text about this from, friend, from one of our friends of the show, and I sat there and thought about it, maybe like two and a half seconds, and then my head exploded. I was like, really? Now... <clears throat> I get the principle, but on the other hand, if you're talking, let's say, football, and even basketball, and I mean, they've also sent this memo to the professional teams as well, hint, hint, to people, prospective agents, but I think that's less of a deal. But I think even with college athletes, you know, especially when you have some of the good programs down there, isn't it about letting people have the best opportunities for success and empowerment? And maybe letting somebody go to these schools they can with their voice as athletes can push for the effective change you don't tell them don't go there uh, what 
Go to a school with less visibility, especially if your dream is to play on Sunday or to be in the NBA or the WNBA. Come on, people. You know, I, I there, there's a, one of the, you know, I don't want to sell the outkick crowd, but there is something to be said about me, about being, you know, too woke and staying broke because of it. I think, you know, if you've got the skills, especially like a school like UT that's getting ready to be in the SEC, right? don't go there. Don't be on TV. Don't be noticed by scouts. Okay, we'll have to see how that plays out as things move on. I don't see it really going. I see small pockets getting traction. But overall, yeah, I don't think this is going to um, have significance. We'll revisit it down the road for sure. Okay, so what's going on in the field? Let's talk. Good grief, I know. First two points took up five minutes. That's beautiful. I love it. So I have to say, number two, Cincinnati lost style points. They weren't really impressive in their win over Navy. Matt, they struggled. And I get that. You're going to have that with, with the with the parody that we have in college football. We've been saying it all season long. Not surprising that teams don't get up for every game. Ask Oklahoma, right? Because... In fact, they, you know, even though the score looks 35-23, they really struggle with a not-so-good Kansas team, once again. And any given Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, things can happen if you don't show up. Um, you know, Bama took care of itself. They had a slow start, but, you know, Tennessee, not really ready for prime time like we've been saying for weeks. Number six, hiding, number six Michigan, still hiding in the weeds. Got a big home win. Big tilt tomorrow against Michigan State. Both are undefeated. I think the winner of that game definitely has a inside track to be part of the college football playoff, you know, as long as they take care of business against Ohio State. Like I said, Bama. You've got Ohio State, yeah. They've been number five. I don't know why they're above Oregon. Well, then again, because Oregon isn't getting style points either with its wins in the Pac-12. But I don't know why Ohio, the Ohio State I saw that lost to Oregon is definitely not a top five team. But then again, the way they beat Indiana, I mean, it was over by halftime. And the final was like something like 54 to 7. Penn State falls to the Illini 20 to 18. Okay. I must have been asleep or something. I may have to go back and maybe listen to some of the podcasts. I was unaware of this asinine rule for overtime now. So to get rid of the ridiculous scores, you keep going for two. And this game ended up being 20 to 18. I don't know how many times Penn State and the Illini screwed the two-point conversion up, but I was just sitting there like going, okay, letting the people on Twitter dictate, well, this isn't fair. This isn't aesthetically right. And everybody's a chance. What happened to just sudden death? You stop them or you don't. I've been saying that I didn't like it in the NFL. And this whole thing with, you know, two-point conversions two galore. WTF fuck cubed. I mean, I almost said the F word there. It just made my head explode. And I was like kind of, you know, I, my head, I was kind of hungover. Not hungover badly, but, you know, just having that after, you know, that next day haze. You know, watching the games, taking notes, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out what the hell is going on, you know, and you're changing sides and you're just running a two-point conversion over again, and they kept... Anyway, 
it's a bad rule. Just go back to sudden death and things are a lot more simpler. Stop listening to the people on Twitter. Oklahoma State fell from the ranks of the unbeaten at 24-21 to Iowa State. Mild surprise. Iowa State's tough. Kind of disappointed that the boys from Stillwater, Mr. Gundy's pack. So I'm hoping to see them be in the conversation. Not that one loss kills you, but if you're Oklahoma State, one loss kills you. Or one loss, Oregon. Once again, pulling Houdini, winning another game they probably should have lost. I don't know what to make of Oregon right now. You're being in Eugene and trying to be impartial. Style points are not winning, but somehow they're getting it done. They've got a lot of talent. I think the road gets a little easier for them, although I still think that, that um, game with Oregon State, even though it's here in Eugene, still could be a nightmare. I'm, I'm just not sold on this team what I'm seeing, right? I don't, they're not, to me, they're not a top-five team, but neither is Ohio State. But yet, with one loss, and they're on the table, they're in the conversation— they run the table and win the Pac-12 championship. They should be in the college football playoff based on what we're seeing right now. You know one of the, that, that obviously one of these Big Ten schools is going to stumble, and whoever wins this game probably is going to stumble as well. So there's going to be a lot of one, two loss teams like I've been saying all along. Um, number 13, Notre Dame, sends USC further and further into oblivion. 31-16 is the final score. I mean, I wouldn't say this isn't your grandpa's USC. This ain't nobody's USC. And as I've said repeatedly, and I'll say it again, they really have to knock it out of the park with this hire. I'd be, I, for the conference to be relevant, to me anyways, I think you, really, you need a strong Oregon, you need a strong USC, a strong Washington, and it would be nice if you know the, if, if, if the UCLA's and the ASU's could, could come along every now and then as well. That's just me. Call me crazy. Uh, the U, all about the poo. Get a huge win, and Mr. Manny gets to keep his job as they beat number eighteen, number number eighteen, NC State. Big win for them. It's kind of interesting to see some of the chatter, seeing Uncle Luke and Billy Corbin going back and forth on Twitter, you know, about what the what what the U really needs. Um, I mean, that's another program where I don't think even if Mario Cristobal were to leave Oregon, he ain't the guy. They they need somebody I think from the pro ranks. You know, I'm telling you, call me crazy, but. Going what USC did prior to all the stupid nonsense, you know, did, you know, right? Go out and get somebody like a Pete Carroll, right? That's the only way I think Miami becomes elite again. I don't think you know, even I mean, they had Mark Rick even. It's just you need to get somebody elite down there from the I mean, to make to make Miami. Let me rephrase that: to make Miami elite again. That's what I think is going to have to happen. You know, you have to get somebody from I think the pro ranks is what that program needs. San Diego State, still unbeaten, beats Air Force. Don't know what it means because the, the Mountain West is not going to get any love not until there's an expanded playoff. Get to go to a good bowl game if you continue to win. Good job, Azteca. Um, Pitt adding more misery. and I think Pitt's had a great season, and we've pointed that out several times. But they're, they're, they're ranked 23. Beat Clemson 
the 17. Dabo, not really a man of many words these days, as this program has went from the penthouse to um, Section 8 really quick. Was, you know, it's the third or fourth loss. I mean, we were talking about somehow they could stumble their way into the conversation. We we're wondering if they even are going to be 500 this year. Yeah, we figured Dabo will bounce back, but this is not a good year for the man. Um, do we believe Eddie O when he came out this week and said that there's too many Tigers that are injured right now for him to be able to have practice? Or is this just another way of him flipping off the university and, and just mailing it in now that we know he is, you know, a dead, he, he's a walking corpse, basically? That's what it sounds like to me. You know, you know, half-hearted, like, well, yeah, we ain't got people to come to practice, so we're all banged up, we can't have practice. It's like, okay, you gotta buy, dude. You just don't really care, and somehow this season can't be over soon enough for you. That's what I'm saying. Okay, lastly, what do you think about the ACC looking to relocate from its ancestral home in Greensboro, North Carolina, the conference's base of operations since 1953? It just goes to show you what big money is doing. They're probably looking at the future and saying, well, <coughs> excuse me, you know, why are we in this outpost? This is time for, you know, like people moving their operations to Vegas and setting up shop. Just the way things are. Okay, folks, I gotta like get some water here because I'm sounding a little hoarse and we'll be back with something interesting on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Strike in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 11, Number 75 overall. It's time for our one of our favorite segments of the week, Something You Should Probably Know, or Things You Might Want to Hear About That Went On in the Week of Sport. So what do we have for you this week? We've got all sorts of interesting tidbits, and one of those being... An NWSL team in Kansas City that's going to happen with a dedicated stadium. Why is that important? Well, you know, I'm always talking about being subsidized by the men and these things like that. Having a stadium built specifically for the ladies in a professional sport, that's pretty earth-shattering. Very impressive, actually. Because when you see that happen, you have to take things seriously. Not that I'm going to like go cartwheels and say, hey, y'all have arrived, but it's definitely worth taking notice. That you know they have the clout to get you know, I'm not sure how big it's gonna be, but the idea that that's going on, I think that's a really cool thing. You see that happen more around the place globally, perhaps in the WNBA, then we can start talking some real progress and empowerment. You know, can't knock it. Definitely. Good thing to see. As far as a little mixed martial arts 
Not to always give a look at what's going on in that world. We can tell you that UFC fight night in a battle of middleweights. Marvin Vittori beats Paulo Costa by decision. Speaking of MMA, remember I told you about our man Connor being an ass? You know what? First he got into a scuffle with the guy that hangs out with Megan Kelly. Then I told you he knocked some DJs string loose. Well, it turns out this Italian DJ is filing a criminal complaint. Big surprise. Could be a money grab or Connor being an ass or somewhere the truth lies in between, which is what I feel, because I'm sure Connor was being an ass. And I'm sure the guy's not as much of a shrieking violent as he's saying. You know, obviously, he lipped off to some degree to get Connor's attention. But as I said at the time, and still say, come on, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Pardon my language. <coughs> Stop it with these civilians. I mean, what are you doing scrapping with civilians, regardless of what they say? Especially, you've got too much money just to be forking it over. But apparently, you know, forking over money seems to be a big deal these days. I mean, I just got a text from somebody saying, you know, this is a little addendum to the COVID Chronicles, that Ice Cube just turned down, you know, because he was signed to do a movie, I forget what it's called, but because he doesn't want to, because Sony has a mandate that they want their, the people on the picture to be vaccinated. So homie just walked away from $9 million. Okay, you got your principles, I get it. And maybe you all have made too much money, but $9 million. Kyrie, 139 this, well not 139, $39 million this year. Yeah, like, you know, we talked about, yeah, it's just crazy. Forget about it. Different segment. Um, anyway, come on, Connor, be better. You just, it, it's just silly. You might end up in jail. I was like kind of watching that Tyson um, documentary finally, you know, the one that was on ABC, you know, and talked about what he had to go on the stir. Don't do something stupid, Connor, where you end up especially... And, you know, do it one of these podunk states that will make an example out of you, like Indiana did to Tyson. Um, speaking of the sweet science, we had a major bet over the weekend with Shakur Stevenson defeating Jamal Herring to win the 130-pound WBO title via 10th-round knockout over in Hotlanta. This Hotlanta is the place to be right now with baseball, the Hawks. The Falcons, not so much. Five stripes. Big boxing matches, a lot of things going on. Vegas, Hotlanta, places to be. Also over the weekend, Ali's grandson in real deal, son. Both pick up knockout wins. I think that was down in Atlanta as well. So they're off to promising start as far as their budding careers are concerned. As far as F1, F1 came to the States. Fantastic show at the Circuit of Americas in Austin with Mr. Versteppen holding off Mr. Hamilton to win the U.S. Grand Prix. It was a great event. Would have liked to have seen it got a little bit more exposure. We saw our girl Danica P. Uh, doing her little thing for Sky Sports. Always great to see Danica out there getting in front of the camera and trying to get as much attention as she possibly can now that the spotlight ain't on her anymore. And A. Rogers with Shalene. What happened? You're so mean. <laughs> but no, it's it's good to see Danica. Follow her IG. She's kind of a hoop. 
Um, let's see here. Anyway, as far as NASCAR playoffs go, Kyle Larson, yes, that Kyle Larson, as our friend, the quarterman, friend of the show, pointed out was going to have a big year. Well, he won his ninth race of the season, taking the checkered flag at Kansas. I mean, think about that. You know, he's won nine races. Definitely looking good to actually take the whole thing. So things are going there. Another thing interesting coming out of the NASCAR world. What about NASCAR stepping in and telling Harvick, Harvick, yeah, yeah, that Kevin Harvick, and that Chase Elliott to knock it off with their feud? Why do I find that interesting? Because you would think NASCAR would take a PGA approach to things, right? You know, PGA, even though they'll never admit it, you know they're totally nurturing the Bronx Bryson thing. You would think NASCAR would do the same thing since, you know, I mean, outside of a handful of people that I know, ain't nobody really watching these days. Ooh, that kind of that hurt. But as the quarterman says, real fans don't care about viewing numbers. That's probably true. But still, yeah, it would help for, the, as PGA, which has kind of suffered without Tiger, you need a little spark. And so, I mean, I get it. You don't want anybody to get hurt. It's a little bit more dangerous having a feud on the track than it is on, on, on the range. But uh, we'll see what's going on there <laughs> in, in the future. Uh, speaking of golf, got to give some props to Bernard Langer. Become the oldest to win on the senior, the, become the oldest to win a senior event at 64. Uh, Mr. Bernhard won a playoff over Doug Barron to capture uh, this past weekend's senior event in Richmond. Good stuff. So, props there. Dude looks great, too. I mean, I remember when he won his first Masters, which totally dates my ass. But, yeah, just even watching him when he shows up to Augusta. You know, great shape, still looks good. Fantastic. Good stuff. Another thing in golf that is kind of interesting, I might say. What do you think of Greg Norman's rival golf league? You think it can challenge the existing tours? I mean, I don't know exactly the details. Nobody really does. But I know there are people that want to play in both, play in events in both tours. And I'm not sure how that's going to go. I mean, I'm wondering, is uh, this, you know, going back to the whole soccer super leagues and just... Everybody wanting to create this elite league. It's just right that concept isn't going to go away. And I feel like that's what Greg Norman's trying to go here. It's like, you know what? Screw all this. Let's just get all the badass golfers together and you know almost you know play in some kind of league format. Interesting times we live in. They're definitely evolving. We kept saying from day one that as soon as we emerge out of this pandemic era, whatever the hell that will be, things are probably going to look a lot different. Well, I look the same in certain ways, but a lot different in others. Gee, that was real profound, wasn't it? Ha! <laughs> okay, along those lines, in the water is wet department. Hmm. <laughs> the World Doping Agency finds Ukraine regularly broke doping testing rules. Like I said, water is wet, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get us out of here on this one. What do you think about a pair of worn Jordan sneakers? Yes, that Jordan of 23, Jumpman fame. A pair of sneakers that he wore, I guess, in a game 
recently sold at an auction for $1.47 million. And I, I'd be right. An item's worth whatever someone will pay for it. For it, right? I'm never going to get on that kind of softbox, but I'm just also thinking when it comes to people partying with, you know, cash, you know, obviously having lots of cash. So you're paying a million and a half to have this massive sneakers to have in your little man cave. So when your other rich homies come over, you're like, oh, yeah, bro, I got MJ's, I got, I got MJ's dogs, man. I mean, I mean, it's one thing for Ursing to have the guitars, right? You know, like Jerry's guitar and some others. But the shoes, I don't know. All right, man. That makes my head hurt. We'll be back on the other side with some NBA beat. How about that? Yeah, we're a little bit slow at the controls today. <laughs> Sitting here watching a little NBA countdown, which is a little bit uh, perfect for this segment that we have coming up here, the NBA beat. Now that the NBA season is stretched into its second week, a lot of up and down play here. Really can't take much stock into anything. I mean, you really can't have a formulative idea until we get, you know, closer to the Christmas Day games where things start shaping up. Even though there is a lot of eye-popping things going on, definitely some of it is much watch. Some of it's like, oh, man, pure torture. Definitely you know, across the board there. We start out with a somber note as we have an RIP for Bob Ferry, former executive of the Wizards, father of Danny Ferry, as you know, who played the Cavs and other teams, and Bob also played. He passed away at 84 earlier this week. Our condolences go out to his family, um, you know, and people he worked with. Anyway, another interesting thing that's going on, we keep talking, you know, about people being, you know, have, having a voice, and Mr. Cantor keeps talking, calling out Nike. Makes you wonder, how long will it be before he is muzzled? Is he long for the league? Does he go the way of Mr. Miles, who got ran, you know, for his anti-Semitic comments? And, you know, I think the point here, because I, maybe because it is who it's Cantor, that it's not getting the kind of traction. You definitely don't see anybody big saying, yeah, dude, he's right, man. Yeah, I'm dealt with that. Really puts Mr. Silver in a, such an awkward spot, because he's just sitting there like going, great, you know. We're getting these checks, and we've got this Momo speaking out of turn. You know, Momo, but I'm sure that's what uh, Mr. Silver is saying. You'd have to think. Another thing that's interesting for Mr. Silver, I must, I, I have to wonder about the itch, the odd decision. Because if you noticed, you know, throughout the NBA season, you know, what do we know? There's going to be like three games on a Thursday night, and two of them usually are going to be on Turner. But because of the NFL and its Thursday night football yearnings, 
TNT says, well, we'll just wait till football's over. We'll, 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 we'll play it other nights. And I'm sitting there thinking, the NFL's got that much of a stranglehold. Even nine times out of ten, showing a Jacksonville-Houston game that nobody watches. Still, the NBA's like, nah, man, I don't want, I want to have to deal with the NFL. It just goes to show you the NFL. Always hoarding it at night and TNT just figures when they done it when they done it in January, it's all ours anyway. And there is something to be said about the occasional Tuesday or Wednesday Tuesday or Monday game that you see on Turner during this period. So the fans aren't really losing out. I just think it's just just funny they're just like saying, nah, man, it's not even worth our time to go against the NFL. Um, let's see here. Interesting thing with uh, Katie and Sue Bird being added to the USA Basketball Board of Directors. Yeah, nay, meh. I don't know. FTINFX at gmail.com if you have an opinion. For me, I think it's a good thing. You know, I don't think it's that inspirational, but you know, the winning pedigree that these folks bring to the table, both of them. Yeah, it's, it's probably good for, you know, the, the heart and spirit of USA Basketball to have them on the board. I don't think it's a bad thing. Speaking of KD, what are they now? Two and two or three and two? But he had something to say about Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie, that guy of the Flat Earth Society. KD basically broke it down and just said, you know what? We don't, we don't, we ain't waiting on no Kyrie miracles to turn the ship around and win a chip. He either here or he ain't here. He didn't say it that way. I shouldn't be so. <laughs> I shouldn't be that bad about it. But yeah, he's basically just saying you're either rolling with us or you're not. We're not waiting for you as far as a miracle to ball us out. And the truth is, and everybody knows this, that when these guys are on, that'd be Katie and Mr. Harden. They don't need him. Problem is, Harden just isn't looking right these days. I don't know whether he's disinterested. I don't know if he somewhere got hurt last year or he hasn't gotten better yet because, you know, obviously the issues that he had down the stretch run. So it's going to be interesting. I told you earlier, but the police to Kyrie. And then, you know, the Nats, like the Lakers, same thing, not really playing well. So, you know, speaking of the Lakers, um, oh, wait a minute, before I get to the Lakers, I did have a question about Harden. Do you think, you know, is he disinterested, or you think the rules changes have affected his game in the same way that it made, you know, taking away the foreign substances in baseball made Garrett Cole go from being a superstar to just being kind of ordinary? So, what, you know, is it that he's disinterested, hiding an injury, or have the rule changes sort of neutralized him? FTIN. <laughs> FTIN. Excuse me. Boy, I just got the cough today. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Give me your opinion on that. Okay, speaking of the Lakers, they started out 0-2, and two, and they got a first win over a tired G Grizzlies team coming off of a back-to-back. -back. Don't know what to say there. Um, but, you know, Lakers win two in a row to pull their fans back off the edge. Fans were getting really cranky. I saw one of them. It's good to see the Lakers win. It's been a while. And, you know, LeBron's hurting. is kind of banged up. You know, and everybody's like, yeah, well, now getting Westbrook made lots of sense. Everybody's feeling good. Then they play the youngest team in the league, 
sorriest team in the league, probably, the Oklahoma City Thunder, had a 26-point lead only to crap the bed and have a bad loss. And in some people's opinions, one of the worst Laker losses they could conjure up in years. And I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm there too. I mean, there was losses when we sucked, but we sucked. And supposedly we don't suck right now. And very bad loss. You know, Russ had like the, you know, the quad, he had the quad runner. Had a triple-double, but he also had 10 turnovers. I mean, just a mess out there. Um, is there a reason to be concerned? Not really. Because it's early. You know, you really, like I said, you really can't form an opinion on this stuff until you get to, you know, around the Christmas Day games. But there are some signs there, especially if you don't get Arisa and THT back, that, you know, it could be an uphill grind for this team. You know, that's what the eye test says right now. Um, but you think about the game last night? You know, I was just commenting on TNT kind of shying away, you know, right? What was the game was on NBA TV. What a great game it was between, you know, the Knicks and the Bulls. Two teams that are trying to make some ripples in the Eastern Conference and kind of move away from just being kind of Osserans to, you know, knocking on the door to actually being contenders. And what a night it was. I mean, getting to watch Julius Randle. I mean, for me, it was, it was weird because obviously, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. And so all, a lot, both of these teams feature guys who were a part of, you know, what we have now, or at least, you know, paved the way for the Lakers to be able to have LeBron and AD and blah, blah, blah. You know, seeing Caruso and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle. Um, you know, Knicks, hold on. It was, it, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty crazy. The Nets, not the Nets, slap, slap, slap. The Bulls. You know, put a pretty heroic run. This is in Chicago last night. I was like sitting there watching out of the corner of my eyes. I was watching the Fish concert. And there's so many things on TV. Watching MLS. And I was kind of watching it. Well, I thought a game that the, that the Knicks had in control. And kind of watching this Bulls team. And I think both of these teams. You know, I think they're, go they're ready to, like, move into the top five of the East. And could be... Very t troublesome for who has to face them in the, in the in the playoffs. You know, liking what I saw out of both of them. You know, very, we'll keep an eye on that. Another thing that was cool for the Knicks, they ended a 15-game losing streak to the 76ers along the way, um, which is like, how about that? Another big game, keep an eye on the Jazz. Jazz were looking really good. And if you are watching that game with the Nugs the other night, when Jokic had a minor injury, I think clanked knees, because the x-rays were, you know, revealed there was no structural damage or anything like that. But Jazz looking really good. So where are we as far as the top five go, or the power rankings, based on what we've been seeing? This is the power rankings that came out probably a day or two ago. So you've got the Jazz one, Golden State two, Denver three, Bucks four, Nets five. Eh, I think I'm probably okay with that for now. Like I said, you can't really form too strong of opinions. And especially, you know, the league, like every other league, a lot of parity there. So you're going to have some mixed results on nights in, in terms of teams like a bad Thunder team beating a Laker team. Or the Wizards being 4-1 right now. I mean, quite a, quite a show going on there. Is that real with 
killer coups or crappy coups and Trez, Bradley Bill, or is that fool's gold? We just don't know. Now, I do kind of feel like with the Knicks and the Bulls, they will be legit. But some of this other stuff that we're seeing early on, I mean, Golden State being this tough without Clay, what's that all about? All right, anyways, we will come back with some beautiful game life on the other side because we're just rolling along here. Thanks for putting up with me and my scrambled self. Welcome back to Fox Trading in the Foxhole. Season 3, episode 11, number 75 overall. Me and Joe Green, Howie Long, coming right at you. Also, Deacon Jones. Invented the sack. So, we got time for some beautiful game live. And as usual, a lot going on here, so I'll try to compress this as much as I can. You know, this is the time of the year where there's... Fixtures coming out of our ears, eyeballs. Won't get any deeper than that. We like to keep it clean around here. <laughs> okay. So, in the insanity department, better known as the rumor mill, the big rumor this week. Surprise! It has nothing to do with Mbappe for once. It's more about... It has something to do with PSG, though. PSG, surprise there. Okay. So PSG, I'll talk more about what PSG is doing on the pitch when we get to, you know, the wrap-up of League One. But in spite of PSG, off to another great start, they haven't looked good. So there's been a lot of talk that Ponch, his job is really in jeopardy. I mean, what, they have one loss and a draw? You know, if you, you know, how many, you know it's just ridiculous, the, the, you know, the, the kind of pressure that gets put on these guys in this game, especially at that level, and especially like a club like Paris. And his job would be in jeopardy. Okay, I'm rambling. But boy, the rumor is is that Mr. Zidane, yes, that Zidane, would be very interested in coaching PSG if PSG decide to part ways with Ponch. And I'm just sitting here thinking, man, how brutal must that be? He's actually doing, you know, as far as what the stat, the statistic that matters the most wins he's doing that as, you know right because we're not dropping and i say we're because i'm a fan because they're not dropping eight or nine goals on everybody nightly basis you know that he's gotta go it's absolutely madness and insanity that said if psg's board wants to go that way i would be more than happy because that probably would mean mbappe was staying and I think his football ideas probably are better than the ones that are going in Paris right now. That's just my opinion. Okay, what else is going on? So last night, um, the Champions League here wrapped up as far as CONACAF Champions League. And as usual, CONACAF always delivers in a, in a championship featuring two Liga MX sides. Monterey defeats Club America 1-0 to, to hoist the trophy. And as usual, as we like, as people always say on Twitter, Conacaf, go to Conacaf. Eleven minutes of, of stoppage time, and that would mean you know, 
I guess you had to be watching to truly appreciate what a S show was going on there. A lot of crazy things happening. Didn't think it was a handball at the end there, but some great drama. If you missed that, that's too bad. But yes, MLS has got a long ways to go before they can actually win it. You know, as good as LAFC did last year, making it to the final, losing to Tigris. Anyway, good job for Monterey. Okay. Oh, yeah. And the ladies send Carly out in style, as they did, you know. A lot of tears, a lot of pageantry. It was 0-0. Had a feeling the ladies were going to tee it up for Car Carly. And it was like 6-0. Took care of South Korea. Like I said, great ceremony. You know, she walks off from the sunset, and now it's time for, you know, more and more as these, as these people from this generation get phased out, you know, a new crop of stars will be taken over. Okay, let's get rocking here, since I've already been chatting for like three or four minutes. Let's do a wrap-up of what went on on the pitch. Start out with the EPL. Chelsea doing what they do. They put up a seventh spot. Ridiculous. Newcastle. Still, you know, wanting to be elite. Still not there yet. 1-1 one, one with Crystal Palace. I'm sure that made Lady Lowe happy. City, the city, the city combination, Manchester and Leicester both pick up three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Spurs drop all three points, which is kind of interesting. And in the game of the week and the shocker and the memes for, for days, how about Liverpool just chewing up Manchester United 5-0? I mean, it was ugly. I mean, even I think Jurgen Klopp was just like, had that Jordan look like going, I don't know what's happening here. We ain't that good, but apparently you were on that day. So, not sure if, if Ole's job's in jeopardy. I know Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson gave him a vote of confidence, but usually when somebody gives you the vote of confidence, that's probably the kiss of death. So, I don't know. Ole's there for now. But I guarantee you, if he has any more disappointing results like that, especially against one of the bigger clubs, or loses to a really bad club, then I have a feeling he will be out. Here, Mr. Conte is interested in taking the job, but he doesn't like taking jobs at midseason. But obviously, being handed the keys to Manchester United is not your average situation. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I also would point out that... Um, West Ham knocked out Manchester City in, uh, on penalties in the League Cup midweek. La Liga, you know, had Sevilla picking up three points. Atletico Madrid taking up a couple of draws over the weekend. And also uh, yesterday, El Clasico, Barca loses. And then Barca loses again to Real 1-0. And afterwards, Mr. Coleman, like we've been expecting for many weeks to have, Gets sacked. Rumors are Zavi will be the next manager there to try to right the ship. Thing with Coleman never never was really working, but I think this past week kind of showed. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, their boss comes out and says, I should have done it sooner. Once again, water is wet. <laughs> no kidding. Maybe you've been able to keep messy there. I don't know. Um, over in Siri Ah. It's cool to see Mr. Salak Tom, the ageless wonder, score a goal as AC Milan rolled. We had Juventus, Inter, and Atlanta. They, they all drew this weekend. I think, and, and then Juventus lost yesterday at Sassuolo. 
Inter Atalanta won and Roma won yesterday. The Bundesliga, as usual, Bayern Munich continuing to dominate. Borussia Dortmund without Mr. Halan, they pick up three points. Leipzig rebounded from its Champions League disappointment with a big home win. And then what about Bayern getting hammered in the German Cup? You know, the DFP Poco. Uh, what was it, like 5-0 by Mönchengladbach? My guess is because of the amount of matches that Bayern Munich have played, you know, going in Champions League deep the last couple of years, guys would probably just say, you know what, we got so many trophies, screw the cup, I'd rather have the extra rest than playing in all these matches. Makes sense, because I just can't see Gladbach putting a 5-0 beatdown on Bayern if they cared. That's just me. Okay. Over in League One, crazy week. We had La Classique, as it didn't disappoint. PSG goes down to 10 man, but somehow managed a 0 0 draw. Yeah, okay, you know, believe me, it could have been a lot worse had they been able to come to the park and get away. Now, let, me, let me tell you, it'll be okay. It was okay for, for it to be 0 0. It was, not, it was actually there. So um, let's see here. Instead of fans being. Idiots as usual. Good grief. Having to have guards stand by Neymar. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Lil had split the points with Brust 29. Leon drops more points. We had to make we had the makeup match with Marseille at Nice the behind closed doors. That was 1-1. Then today, PSG. Take it on defending champion Lil at the Parc de Prince. Getting boss for most of the match, trailing 1-0. And PSG does what it's been doing all season. All of a sudden, finds a gear, scores two goals within a span of four or five minutes. The next thing you know, PSG comes away with another 2-1-0. 2-1 win, as I was saying before. It's like, it, aesthetically, it's not looking great, but they're getting the wins. And you want to fire the guy? We see what how, how, you know, how it happened with Thomas Tuchel, how that went. Just saying. I wasn't a fan of Tuchel either, but he's giving us the double bird every day when he looks at that Champions League trophy he won at Chelsea. Just saying. Okay, over in the MLS. A lot going on here. Let's see if we can get through this, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. We're making good time with this. I'm, I'm impressed. So we had two windows. Like I said, with the MLS, really a lot of congested fixtures as we get to the end of the season. So we'll break it up in the first window, which was over the weekend. Um, the Revs, Orlando City, preview of Eastern Club playoffs, 2-2 draw. The Revs end up taking the supporters' show for 2021. Give them some props for that. Uh, as I told you about New York City struggling, they put up a six spot and a, and a total demolition of D.C. United. Philadelphia Union looked good, defeating Nashville. Very impressive win there. Sporting Kansas City got a huge win beating Seattle at Lumen. That was huge. And I think a, a disappointing result for both teams, Minnesota and LAFC drawing. Not good for both squads that are on the edge of the playoff line for sure. I thought it was pretty impressive to see the Rapids give the uh, Timbers another loss. Like I said, after Timbers looked so well. Rapids have been a great story this year. Then you got the Galaxy, Wipe Caps, Quake 74. They all picked up a point. All very important as far as the playoff window is concerned. 
Then we go to the midweek. Big story there started on Tuesday. LAFC getting a huge 3-0 win over a very disinterested Seattle squad. The bank, Carlos Vela returns. The ongoing love fest with Chichi Orengo continues. Had another goal. Guys having an amazing season. What's that, what, 14 goals in 12 games or something like that? Absolutely beautiful. Um, the Rebs and the Rapids actually met last night. Rebs win, and with that win, picking up the three points, the, the, the Revolution break LAFC's point standard for most earned in a season with their 73rd point. Props there. Atlanta keeps his playoff hopes alive. A big comeback win. Got two goals late to take down Inner. DC United bounces back from its horrible loss and actually stuns a Red Bull New York team that up until then had been playing great. And then you have FC Dallas, gonna FC Dallas. You know, for those of us who needed their help as far as our, our Real Salt Lake loss, no, leave it to, <laughs> yeah. I can't even I can't even talk about how cranky FC Dallas made people. You should have seen Twitter of the FC, I mean the, the LAFC fans. But yes, gave up two late goals, one in stoppage time. So RSL keeps his playoff dreams alive. FC Dallas just continues to be stinky, stinky, stinky diaper. Um, you know, and then you had Sporting Kansas City taking over the West. After beating Seattle, they go take care of Carson, also known as the LA Galaxy. So now, a point differential, Sporting Kansas City is the number one seed in the West. That's kind of important. Keep an eye on that as we really get close to the end of the season. The Timbers get healthy with the Quakes. Quakes kind of struggling, playing out the string. Great bicycle kick by Darren Asperilla, I might add. Whitecaps get a big win over the Loons, setting up a huge matchup with playoff implications next Tuesday with LAFC. Okay, folks, there was a lot going on with a beautiful life. Tried to keep it under 15 minutes. We got it in under 14, so we're making progress here. Okay, folks, we'll be back with a little something-something on the other side. Time for a night full of diamonds and a trip around the ice rink of the NHL. Woo! So what have we got here? Well, we found out yesterday that the kid, yes, that Ken Griffey Jr., Hall of Famer, 600 Club, he is going to be part of the Miners ownership group. I think that's a pretty good thing. Um, you know, the Mariners making a run this year, trying to be relevant. Obviously, we know with the Kraken, a lot of excitement going on in Seattle. I think the Mariners are going to make a revival, having Griffey's be one of the faces of of the upper board. Fantastic move, be good for the fans, and hopefully they listen to him. And he's got some input, and the upward trend that the M's are on continues into 2022, 2023. So keep an eye on that. Um, another interesting that went down. Um, how about this thing with the Cleveland Roller Derby team? They're also called the Guardians. They are suing the Cleveland Baseball Club, formerly known as the Indians, soon to be known as the Guardians, for copyright infringement. Problem here is that the, 
The Royal Trivia team hasn't played since 2019, and it might be a pandemic thing. I don't know, but it's not weird that the baseball team did not look into this beforehand. I know that's been a big thing with the Washington football team as far as getting over copyright restrictions and things like that. I think the whole, the whole thing sounds to me like a shameless money grab. And I'm sure they'll be written, you know, somehow this roller derby team will be all of a sudden subsidized by the baseball team. If it gets ugly in the courts, one more thing to grab some popcorn to see how it all turns out. That's for darn sure. Okay, so let's wrap up the championship series. Well, the Strohs knocked out the Red Sox. And I guess we could say the cheating narrative is done. Dusty Baker going for redemption. A lot of good storylines there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over in the National League, well, the Dodgers, their bats went silent. They lose game 6-4-2. They go home disappointed. I guess. I mean, months after months he got hurt, no Kershizer. Kershizer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no Kershaw. Boy, I'm getting Oral and um, Clayton confused. My goodness. But no, 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 no Kershaw. Um, yeah, it just, uh, what lined, what, what lined up for the Dodgers last year didn't, uh, there's some questions as far as what Timber, Trevor Bowers future others as well, free agency, you know, Dodgers are going to have to be reset, but you know, the commitment they've had to putting a quality product on the field, you can rest assured the Dodgers will be fine. You know, I don't think they're going anywhere. But they may look a little bit different moving forward with some of the names that we've gotten accustomed to in this run probably not being there. Although something tells me when it comes to Kershaw, they'll find a way to keep him Dodger blue. Be kind of ridiculous to see him go elsewhere. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've got the World Series going. So far, getting ready for actually game three is about to start here any minute. I'm actually watching some NBA basketball, checking out the Hornets instead. But I'll start watching the World Series in a bit. 1-1. One, one. Not know what to take out of the first two games, you know, other than, obviously, Morton getting hurt and still pulling his best Bob Gibson and pitching on a broken leg. I don't know who's going to win this series. You know, this is a series that just doesn't do much for me. I never cared for the Braves. You know, as a Dodger fan, what I think of the Astros. And, but... My bias aside, yeah, I, I see this thing going seven, see it going back and forth like we've seen in the first two games. Um, Trump plans to go to the game. Is it not this one, but the next one? Big deal, man, yeah. Well, it's going to be in Georgia, so I guess. It's not really a big deal other than the fact that the current administration doesn't get its act together. It looks like that Mr. Trump guy might be making some kind of a comeback. What he needs to be at the World Series down in Atlanta, especially what went on with the removal of the All-Star game. You know, another chance to grandstand. So, I'm just going to say it's kind of meh, but we'll see how it plays out. World Series viewership is up 13% this year. I don't know what that says, given how bad the numbers were last from last year, but that said, that is a positive sign that MLB can hold their hat on. MLB can't hold his hat on the way Manfred has handled the Tomahawk Chop controversy. Probably will have something to say about that in the final segment, as you can imagine. What else is going on? We've got a man, we've got a big managerial switch. 
The A's gave the Padres permission to talk to Bob Melvin. And now Bob Melvin is out of Oakland and he is in San Diego trying to get that club over the hump. You know how I pick on them for sticking their chest out when they weren't quite ready? Well, this might be a move that gets them there as well. You know, kind of interesting to see these same guys get recycled over and over again. But hey, that's what the Padres want. Um, I was talking about the Dodgers and, and Bauer. They're really quiet. I don't know what they're going to do about that. They're kind of hoping the legal situation will, will will be able to force their hand. But, you know, given how murky this is, I wouldn't be surprised if this carries halfway into 2021. Or 2022, excuse me. Do I think he's put his, pitched his last innings as a Dodger? I do. I really do. I don't think that, you know... Unless, of course, they can somewhat come back and exonerate him a thousand percent of being a dirtbag. I don't think that's the guy they want in the clubhouse. It's just me. Um, what's going on over there on the on the ice? Hmm. What about the Kraken? Right, they have the opener. Um, their home opener. Great scene there. Lots of excitement. You know they're. Not necessarily killing it, you know, on the ice. But I think it's been a good story. You know, a lot of people are getting behind it up here in the Northwest. Not necessarily saying Oregon's got Kraken fever, but Seattle definitely does. And it's been fun to watch, you know, from afar so far. Um, let's see here. Do we have anything else as far as I goes? Yeah, it's kind of a quiet week, you know, obviously. Like I said, World Series tied 1-1. Big weekend of games. All weekend, so we we, we turning into that. And as I've always said, if you want to talk NHL, we got a spot for you on the show. We could use an expert. You know, my tastes are tied up into so many other things. I can only tell you so much about it. But hey, we try. All right, folks, we're gonna come back with the NFL report on the other side. Let's close it out. Welcome back to Fox Riding in the Foxhole, number 75. Right now, the Heat have a six-point lead over the Hornets. A little Friday night NBA basketball, as I'm still too lazy to grab the remote and catch the early innings of the World Series. Well, in the meanwhile, let's talk some NFL report. A lot going on here as we move closer to the halfway point of the first 17-game season. So the NFL comes out this week and says they are amending the Rennie rule. What are they amending the Rennie rule to prescribe now? That every time there is a coaching hire, that teams have to give two minority. So is this going to lead to more minority hires or is this going to be just more of a extended dog and pony show? Makes you wonder, huh? Another interesting thing going on this week, Cronky being Cronky. You know, with SoFi, I was talking to all the, you know, even looking at the Rapids. But this guy is known to be a Crapid. 
And sure enough, he pulls one this week. Basically, that he had first agreed to cover the legal fees that would come up if there was going to be a fight with St. Louis with him relocating the Rams back to Los Angeles. And, of course, he reneges on that. And so go at the owner's meeting. Not people, his peers, not too happy with him. But that's such a cronky move. And as we thought, cronky was going to cronky at some point. Another interesting thing. You know, somebody tried to put the balloon out there that I think, I, who was it that, that made that happen? I think it was, was it the SC coach search or was it one of these schools? Anyway, yeah, it was SC. I think it was like Carson Palmer. You know, and somehow Mike Tomlin's name came out there. Tomlin came in there and immediately squashed it. Just like that ain't happening, man. I'm, 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 I'm a Super Bowl champion at the elite level in good standing. Why am I, why would I, you know, that's something, you know, where you're going to redeem yourself. Okay. So, will Deshaun get traded or not? The trading deadline is coming up real quick here at the beginning of the week. His legal situation seems to be more murkier than ever. And I don't see, and I think the, the word on the street is he has to have that completely clear before the NFL will allow him to play, even though the NFL says there's nothing holding him back if he wanted to start for the Texans this week. I don't know. I know one thing. We, at least as far as where, if he's going to play elsewhere, we will have that resolved on the next podcast. This we know. However, if he sees the field, that remains to be seen. Artelis Bennett says his release was tied to the protest. Yeah, you and a few other people. If you weren't released, but you're quietly being blackballed, yeah, that was going to happen, given how things are done in the NFL. They do not like individualism. They do not like people leading insurrections. Right or wrong, you know, that's just the way things have been done, you know. And I think this thing coming up here with the, with the Washington football team, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I, I talked about it last week, and now Congress really wanting to double down. I, I gave you my whole take on that. And what did they say yesterday? Oh, we're afraid Gruden is just the tip of the iceberg. I said, well, the corruption on your side of the, of the street especially, you know, some of the perverted things going on. Congress, leave the NFL alone. You don't want to go there. I mean, and I do feel there's, on both sides of the aisle, whether you're red or blue, you know, there's a sense among sports fans anyway that Congress has a lot more th important things to be, you know, fo focused on than what's going on in the NFL workplace. So if the NFL has a toxic workplace... What does that mean? You're going to take away, um, you know, some right anti-exemption? What? What's the penalty going to be if, if, if it's discovered that, oh, gee, it's a toxic workplace? Are you going to revoke franchises for people? You don't have that kind of power. So stop wasting effing time with this. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Goodell has come out and said he's not going to release the emails. Of course, the haters are probably having a field day with him because they just they just released numbers that said Mr. Goodell made $128 million over the last two years, even during the pandemic. Well, NFL's profitable, man, but wow, man, that's $64 mega a year, dude. Yeah, 
you know, the SJWs and the Woke Warriors don't like those kind of numbers, but it's all about sharing the wealth. You'll be sure to get one from AOC. You'll be sure to get a memo from AOC about that. Why are we allowing this to happen? Okay. So, J.J. Watt, done for the season. Screwed up his shoulder. All kinds of stuff tore up. Kind of a sad deal because he was having a fun time over in Arizona. Eagles trade, uh, trade Flacco to the Jets because of what happened to Zach Wilson. Need a little insurance there. Don't know why D Deshaun Jackson wants to trade from the Rams, especially the Rams are a Super Bowl contender. Obviously, I ain't getting enough touches, I guess. You know, you know there's the Tua thing, saying he doesn't feel wanted in Miami, regardless that Brian Flores says he will be the quarterback moving forward. And he, you know, as I just mentioned with the Watson thing, I just don't see that happening there. Okay, let's talk about the field. Washington football team, total train wreck in Green Bay. I think the Washington football team's season could be epitomized with Hineke diving head first and his momentum not being counted and then somehow scoring and doing a Lambo leap and then somehow the Washington football team not getting points out of the whole nightmare. I mean, the Packers hadn't stopped anybody in the red zone all season. Leave it to the Washington football team. I mean, the Packers were just interested. It 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 really shows. Like I, you know, we got to play on Thursday. You know, these guys were a bunch of chumps. Very disappointing to watch as far as Washington is concerned. Uh, another head scratcher. What's up with the Chiefs? I mean, total train wreck in Nashville. Twenty-seven-three. Mahomes. Throwing picks left and right. Don't know what happened to them in that playoff run last year. That really, you know, tussle they had in Cleveland that was a war. But somehow the, the, that Chiefs the Chiefs team that we saw before that game has not reemerged. Nowhere close to it. I mean, complete mess. Um, the Dolphins we were talking about a second ago. They lose to the Falcons. Bad scene there. I mean, the Jets. How I mean. The Patriots are, are not a good football team. And yet the Patriots could put a 54 spot on you. I know Wilson got hurt. We just talked about Flacco, you know, being traded for and all that good stuff. New York and Carolina, also two bad teams. Giants get its second win. Carolina. I mean, there's even Carolina even talking after giving Darnold. They're interested in Watson. How can you already be tired of Darnold? We're not even at the halfway point. So... What was a feel-good story in Carolina is really wilted really quickly. Um, what's up with Joe Burrow? Man, I remember watching him last year, the game he got hurt. Uh, they were part of the Washington football team. And just thinking, you know, how, de I mean, how devastating this injury. Not only is this guy bounced back, uh, something that RG Me was not able to do, I mean, the Bengals are for real. And for them to beat the brakes off of Lamar and company, like, I mean, 41-17, I mean, just, you know, send a message. Forget about the Chargers. Like, look at this team and just say, wow, look at that. You know, you have, you know, we'll see. Are they fool's gold? I don't know yet. I mean, the emphasis being that we're not at the half point yet. Boy, you've got to be impressed with what you saw this past week. 
That's right. Bengals 41, Ravens 17. Lamar just saying, what the hell? Raiders make it two in a row. Don't know what to think about them beating the Eagles because it's Nick S's crew. Well, well, in the NFC least. And there's a lot of least going on there. Rams and the Lions and the Golf Stafford. Big Vay Love Fest. Yeah, you know, Lions yeah, were competitive, but still take another loss. The Rams, still not sure what to think of them. I mean, I think they're pretty good. But do I see them hoisting a Lombardi trophy yet? Eh, probably not. Okay. Then you got, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll pair the cards up with, with last night in a second. A lot going on. Bucks, Bears, other than Brady throwing a 600 TV pass, you know, great, you know, another milestone. Plenty more for him to come as he continues. Guys will be able to play till he's 50. The Bears, what are you going to say? Phils is out there taking snaps, which is what you want. But it's clear he's not quite ready for prime time yet. Uh, Colts, Niners, and a, and a slop fest. Two squads that are kind of, you know, I don't know where they're trending. Not up or down, but the Colts win there because the Niners are kind of banged up. Jimmy G, you know, one more game for his doubters. Monday night, the Hawks and the Saints. Why are we even saying about the Hawks? Seven and ten, six and eleven. It's happening before our very eyes. Got to get Russ back sooner than later. I mean, Gina was trying, but in the end, like the pre, like the game, like the game before that, this game, same thing. He's just gonna break your heart. He'll play well enough to keep you interested, but somehow still find a way to lose the damn game. Okay, now let's talk about the cards. Well, they had, they had, they had beaten the Texans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go to seven zero. Then last night, the big showdown with Aaron Rodgers playing on the rest after being disinterested, as, as I pointed out, against the Washington football team. Packers, for the most part, controlled the game, but the usual Packers do something stupid, can't convert late, and it gives Kyler a chance. Kyler with a 99-yard drive. Him and A.J. Green have a misconnection. The pick's thrown. Kyler goes away in complete distraught. Now, he played well enough to win, but didn't happen. Um, Green Bay doing what it does, getting a win somehow. And people like me saying they're not that good, but somehow they managed to pull these things off. Um, yeah, a tough loss for Kyler, 7-1. Um you know, rest in peace, Mr. Shula, you're not there. But Mercury Morris and, you know, the remaining guys from that undefeated squad sitting in their cabbage patch and laughing away. Once again, you know, cheeseheads make it happen. Okay, well, let me see. Before we get to TMCA time, let's go through our power rankings, shall we? Before last night, this came out before, uh, it came out like Thursday morning. So it's like Zona 1. Bucks two, the Rams three, Green Bay four, Buffalo five. Even with Arizona losing, I think the way so close to the winning, they should probably retain the top spot. I, I'm okay with that. Okay, TMCA time. Time to give out those stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties for people deserving of such things from their behavior over the course of the past week. Start out with my man, PSG's under Herrera. Getting robbed by a prostitute. Really, dude? 
Uh, you know, this makes my head hurt on so many levels. I should give you multiple stainless steel balls. Why just give you one large ball? Um, man, maybe go through a reputable escort service where these sort of things can't happen to you. Uh, getting robbed by a street hooker. Ah, oh, gee, only a PSG kind of thing. Okay. We got to give one more for the Mahomes clan. His brother and his sister. Man, and you, Patrick, for not controlling them. Get them the hell off of social media. It's embarrassing and it's actually cheapening your brand. Braves fans, the Tomahawk Chop. Stop it with that nonsense, okay? People try to justify it. I mean, this isn't, you know, some cranky Washington Redskin fan saying, well, if we can't do it, well, maybe a little bit, but the thing is, I know it was the right thing in our case, and in their case, we never did something stupid that way. I mean, in recent times, no. It just has to go. Come on, people. Let's be let, let's be really sensible. Um, let's see here. While we're at it, we got to give Rob Manford, you know, pretty much, you know, kind of defending it, saying, you know, that they're handling it right. No, they're not. The fact that it's appearing at all says. I mean, it was just such a coward response, like many coming from the commissioner's office. Give him a stainless steel bowl of smelly varieties. Well, give him two, because, I mean, the way he's handled everything this year. Okay. You got to give one to the Kyrie Brigade. You know, come on, people. Defending this guy and, you know, creating havoc at the Barclays Center. No, 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 no. I mean, get the people in the foundry busy. We'll just make them complimentary bowls so we can hand them out to all you fools on the Kyrie Brigade. Um, I got to give one to the Kraken. Okay, now at the end of the games, I guess when they win, they do a fish take, you know, they take on pikes. They throw some big salmon out there to the fans, you know, the fish tosh. But going to the tribes and asking if that was okay if it wasn't offensive, it's like, really? Uh, have we gotten to that point, people, where you got to always seek permission before we do something? Come on, Kraken. You get a, you, I'll, I'll give it like, you're, you're new, so we'll just give you a complimentary bowl for starters. You know, we gave a, a big one to your fans for trying to act up. But right now, as an organization, we'll give you a complimentary bowl. Um, PETA for saying bullpen is offensive to cows and baseball should get rid of that term. I was hoping it was a joke, but it's not. Offensive to cows. Yeah. Big stainless steel bull there of the smelly varieties. And the clown that was trying to extort MLB. Like, yeah, man, I've been pirating your games. And unless you, I'm going to tell the whole world how to exploit vulnerabilities in your system. Really, dude? Announcing the fact that you're pirating, that you had the vulnerabilities. Yes, they were going to come after you. Yes, you deserve a stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties. Okay, folks, this was a struggle this week. Not necessarily thinking I was at my best form. We'll definitely come back a little bit stronger and a little bit more peppier next week. We got through this one on the number 76. As we talked about in the opening segment, Corona still out there creating havoc, especially in the NHL and other places. We're indoors for a lot of things, so be careful. Have a good sports weekend. We'll be seeing you in six to seven days. In the meanwhile, be swell, be cool. I'm out.